0: You are listening to I Can't Wait to Tell You with Casey Edward featuring Shay Savage, episode 86. Welcome to I Can't Wait to Tell You, a podcast I created to share with you my knowledge, stories, and experiences on spirituality, food, health, mindset, and on life in general. My goal is to tell you everything I wish I had known when I decided to take control of my reality and start living the life of my dreams. We all deserve to make some magic, so let's jump right in because there are so many things I can't wait to tell you. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of I can't wait to tell you. I am your host Casey. Thank you as always for tuning in. I am so grateful that you are here. I am sending you my love and thoughts. I hope that you are well mentally, physically, spiritually in this time. Today I have a fabulous episode for you. It is packed with wisdom and information. <laughs> Information, <laughs> because I had the great pleasure of interviewing Shay Savage. Shay and I met in Canada when I was going to visit Megan Zuvalek, who has also been on the show. Shay is a womb worker, a breath doula, a witch, a guide, a mentor, and this episode was too good to hoard from you all any longer. A few of the things we get into in this episode. Are how Shay's divorce was a catalyst for a rock bottom time that led to her first taste of spiritual awakening, Kundalini yoga, what it is, how Shay got into it, and the amazing effects it will have on you. The divine feminine, the attributes of femininity, and how we can tap into it more frequently. And womb work and healing, what it is and why it's necessary. Those are just a few of the amazing topics we get into in today's episode. So, without further ado, let's get right to the show. All right, everyone, I am so excited because today I am here with Shay Savage. Shay and I met in Squamish. I have done an episode specifically on my Canada trip, and Shay was one of the women that I met there. And You know, when you meet those people and you're just like, oh, a soul sister, (laughs) like off the bat, that was the case. And I was so impressed with Shay. She taught us actually, Megan and I, how to do a proper cacao ceremony. And she was the one who got me into it. She does womb work. She's a breath doula. She's a guide and mentor. And she teaches kundalini yoga and so much more. But Shay, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you, my love. Thank you for having me.
0: Such an honor. So- why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, now you're into, you know, breath work and cacao and you're a guide and mentor and you do kunaluni yoga and you do all of these wonderful things. What was your journey like to get you into the space you're in now? So when I often mm-hmm. talk about my journey, meditation was kind of my gateway into spirituality and this realm for lack of a better word. Why don't you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about your journey?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I've definitely have to say I've had an innate connection with nature since childhood. Um, I would, you know, collect rocks and sticks and make little potions and um, really spend a lot of time connecting with the elements just intuitively as a child. And then in my family, it wasn't necessarily super encouraged or supported. Um, It wasn't necessarily discouraged, but it was just a different energy. So I kind of put it on the back burner, focused more on my studies and um, getting my degree in kinesiology, movement therapy. And um, my spiritual journey, I have to say, really, really, really began when I went through my divorce, when I woke up in a marriage that I was completely numb to um, to a beautiful human, just wasn't a, a, a healthy, strong connection. And um, it was me taking that first step in moving forward with... Uh, terminating the marriage that was really my big spiritual awakening I have to say Um, it was my rock bottom at that point and then it was like a light had been turned on and I was illuminated to a whole other realm of um, self and consciousness and paralleled with that time frame I was also doing my um, hatha teacher training and then After I completed that, I went right into kundalini yoga. I took one class by chance in a Vancouver studio, and I was hooked. I was like, I need this every single day. I cried. I laughed. I felt so much heart explosion, joy, and clearing that I was like, what is this? And I need it every day. And then I pursued a specialization in kundalini yoga. And then it just really tied in all of... um, my natural belief systems around femininity and um, really healing that mother wound and and stepping into what does it mean to be be in right relationship with your feminine. And so through that process, I have, yeah, really specialized in breathing and breath work, which shifts your neurology and your nervous system and really retrains your brain. And then in, in Kundalini Yoga, there is a ton of pranayama as well, so the practice of Kundalini Yoga really um, redefines your cellular structure um, on a very simplistic basis, and it completely amplifies and shifts the vibration of your life. Um, so that has been my journey, and it's just felt—it's more been intuitive out of anything and a remembering of like, oh right, this is my truth, and this feels in alignment with me, and those like deep knowings are so innate that once you know, you know, you just, mm-hmm. you just kind of like put on that comfortable sweater that you had forgotten about. So <laughs> yeah, that was my, you know, what I can definitely say the beginning of my journey and then just coming into really owning all of the parts of that journey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for telling us about, you know, the divorce. And so often it's interesting. We, I know that I experienced my rock bottom before, It's funny because it's rock bottom, but as a catalyst. Mm -hmm. So in that rock bottom, could you share a little bit about how you allowed and coped with being at your rock bottom. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's because I think that often when I used to listen to podcasts and I was in my very early stages or in my rock bottom, I'd hear these people talk about like how they came out on the other side, but I was always like, well, what happens in the rock bottom? How do we <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, ask a little bit about some of maybe the practices or what you did during that time to step into the next version of yourself.
1: 100%. So, when I woke up and realized I was living an in- I would call it a non-authentic reality. I was, I wasn't living my truth. I was living in a very um, superficial uh, materialistic way instead of a aligned way with let's say heart center or your, your personal path. I didn't have any quote unquote practices. So I hadn't been trained in meditation. I didn't know anything really about anything. Um, I knew that nature was the only thing that made me feel good. So Mm -hmm. I really leaned into the simplistic nature of what felt good. And I went that direction. Um, That was as far as I could comprehend at that time. I was um, breaking down what I like to call like the Disney ideology of (laughs) the happily ever after. And, And I really longed for at that time, like, finding that one person that would love you forever regardless of anything that would just kind of accept you as a totality and that wasn't what i found myself in and so i couldn't comprehend larger um larger concepts at that time i was just so burnt out i was numb i couldn't cry i couldn't do anything um so i i had to be like what feels good like ABCs C's, and it was being in the mountains and being held in in the mother, being held in her waters, in her rocks, in her in her um, tree structures. So that is where I started. I just took myself to where I grew up, which was in the mountains in Maple Ridge. BC Canada and I I just laid in the mountains and I cried and I bathed in the river and I just I spent a lot of time there um, yeah. and let that energy heal me and then from there I was able to start to pick up the pieces and I continued to listen to that little voice that was pulling me into um, this feels better when I do this and not in an avoidance way, but in a way that started to um, almost thaw my heart. So what were the things that were bringing me back to life? Mm. Um, What were the things that were really amplifying where I would feel spurts of joy? And those were what I would pursue. So that was particular conversations. I made a really big habit of staying away from um, alcohol because that had been a big past for me of, of avoidance and distraction. And it, it really made me feel more numb. Um, so I, I really took consciousness in that play and sat with, okay, what's happening? Um, how do I feel? Where can I start to fill up my cup more with these little spurts of joy? And that's where I have to say I did find Kundalini Yoga. And that was like a huge kicker for me. Yeah. 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 That's so powerful
0: because I love that you just said, you know, I didn't have any practices. It had to come to the place where it's as simplistic, and I think that we're in a time where we're all coming back to this simplistic, notion of what makes me feel good it's almost like sometimes we forget that 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 joy joy is the most productive thing to okay. to be in joy and to be spreading joy and so sometimes it's as simple as you know it's healing and it's crying but it's also what makes me feel better what's the next best thing that i can do what can i do from here and we all have moments or weeks or months where we forget that that is what we're aiming for. And I'm really excited actually, because we have yet to talk about kundalini yoga on the show. So Mm -hmm. no one has ever talked about it. I've talked about my yoga journey and I've had a yin yoga teacher on, but for anyone who is new and I'm actually not very well versed, will you tell us a little bit about kundalini? What is the difference? You know, most people think of, or I do at least, you know,
1: vinyasa and that kind of yoga. But yeah, will you tell us a little bit about kundalini? I'd love to. Yes. Um, I have to just make a disclaimer that I'm incredibly biased. So (laughs) I tell all my students that too. I'm like, okay, so we're here to teach, you know, here to to walk you through some Kundalini, um, practices, but I am very biased because it has changed my life so, so intensely in such a, uh, short time period. So what Kundalini yoga is, um, is basically the yoga of awareness. That is what it chalks down to And so with awareness, um, awareness is is that light that burns the flame, right? When we are continuing to uncover our consciousness and our our patterns and our habits, um, awareness is the key that brings us to the next stage of um, integration. And so with Kundalini Yoga, um, what what it does is it is a big, huge amplifying practice. So on a basic physiological level, it resets your glandular system, which is like your hormonal systems. So it it starts to allow all the glands to work together in unison when they might not be necessarily in unison. So if we have different um, conditions or things that Mm. create imbalances within our glandular system based on, let's say, environmental stresses or, um emotional stressors, food, etc. <clears throat> so this, it balances your glandular system. Um, it starts to work the left and the right hemispheres of the brain together because you're doing non um, let's say common movements. You are overloading your brain with mantras, so sacred sounds, sacred um wording vibrations. You are moving in completely new and let Say foreign ways, which Mm. aren't in a natural um, like hatha practice, and you are breathing really differently. So what it does is with that whole beautiful mixture, your brain is having to form all of these new neural pathways very very quickly, Mm -hmm. which creates um, like an override. You're continuously like hitting a reset button, so your your system is having to adapt very very quickly.
0: Yeah.
1: So the whole body, your lung capacity increases, you cleanse your blood, you're, you're strengthening your organs, your tissues, all of it is happening on a physiological level. And then on an energetic level, um, you're working with the sound or frequency vibrations. And we have 72,000 energetic meridians in our body, our NAT eyes. And... When we hit blockages along these meridian lines, we have discomfort, we have dis-ease, we have dysfunction. And so through the practice, energetically, you're blasting through these blockages. Mm -hmm. So you're really increasing your frequency on this earth um, and you are cleaning and balancing your chakra systems as well. And uh, you're creating protection through your electromagnetic field. So you're not um, susceptible to those old styles of um, people that live in your, that are in your life, like toxic situations. Um, all of this sort of heavier energy, you literally alchemize it and purge it and then set a huge protection barrier around yourself so that you're now magnifying Mm -hmm. your reality versus just letting things happen and wondering why they're happening. And so with that being said, um, one of the other big, big, big components, um, if you want to take it to like a psychology uh, point of view, is you're offloading your subconscious mind through these practices, Mm. which gives you more awareness for habits, patterns, and behaviors. And then you have the conscious choice to reprogram. So that's what the practice does. (laughs)
0: Okay, Shay, I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) I have to laugh because why are we not all doing this? Right?
1: It is it is becoming insanely insanely more um, common, which is so beautiful. Um, the it, it it was a practice that was kept very uh, c- secret and sacred, and Yogi Bhajan is the gentleman who brought it over from India, and he went against everything: um, exile, um, the the risk of being completely. Um, ostracized from his community because it was never publicly taught. So in the seventies, sorry, uh, 69, he brought it here Mm -hmm. and, uh, shared it with the rest of us. And so now it is widely and publicly taught. It is a very powerful practice. So my recommendation is really getting to know your psyche and through the practices because it can be very amplifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can only imagine because,
0: When I do, I've only done a little bit of breath work, some at the retreat that we were Mm. at and then a little here, but I can only imagine like doing that with movement and mantra, like (laughs) ego must be going wild. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: it's like death, death,
0: death, 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 death. Yeah. It's beautiful. Wow. So. I don't think I've ever even done it now that I think about it. And I'm sure it's probably just because of like, just that like block kind of that, like a lot of people have with meditation as well as kind of like, oh, I don't know if that's for me when, when it mm. probably is. Um, but so what is it like the first few times? Like, is your mind freaking out
1: essentially? It is, so I like Russell, um, if you're familiar with Russell Brandt. Yes. <laughs> and he has this little meme and it uh, it compares, because he's an, he used to be an addict, it compares different forms of um, substances mm-hmm. and different forms of yoga to the substances. And he basically says, Kundalini yoga is the crack cocaine. <laughs> um, it is intense and yeah. it is liberating. And yeah. so the experience is 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 just that it is an experience. It's not guaranteed one way or another for people. Um, you either basically love it or you hate it because those who have so much resistance to n- the intensity and the power behind the practice, which requires mm. a ton of surrender, yeah. um, they don't like it because they're like, no, it's too hard. I hit my I, my arms are up in the air for 11 minutes and my mind is freaking out and mm. I just need to give up that's an example. Yeah, And then there's others who they do it the first time. Again, it it restarts like this freedom, this liberation, this joy, it it restarts something in their hearts. And they're like, wow, I haven't felt this maybe ever or Mm. in many, many years. And there's this profound sense of love, of oneness, of connection. Um, It's really, yeah, it's really quite beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, cause
0: we, I've talked about neural networks on the show a lot and I always talk about, you know, reprogramming the brain. And when yeah. I first started trying to reprogram my brain, you know, i would write the affirmations in the morning and once in a while I'd have a nice thought, but even now, seven years after I've started meditating and I've been on this path, like even still sometimes I'm like, there's gotta be a faster way for people because if you're working like the nine to five, or if you, if, or if you just don't, you know, focus that much energy on actively changing your brain, like okay. it, it, it can, it's kind of just like, how long is this going to take? So to know that there's something to kind of tap into that in a far, you know, not easier way, but something that will be more substantial and you'll see more results from. So did you, you, you kind of alluded to this, but did you pretty much feel
1: results immediately when you started? Immediately. Like I, I was, um, blown away my girlfriend at the time for I don't know probably two years was like come to this dance party yoga and I was like that sounds stupid yoga (laughs) is meant to be you know very serious and structured and you know coming from I had a tantric uh, uh background of of hatha And I was like, that just sounds silly, I'm not into it. And she was like, I promise you, you're gonna love it. And the style that my teacher um, taught was a non-traditional based style. So she modernized it to make it really accessible for her students and you know it was a great workout so if a lot of humans when they enter into this yogic practice they're like I just want to keep my workout right you know like Bikram or hot yoga or things of that nature people really are drawn to because it's that they get that physical benefit right away and um, yeah uh, kundalini yoga in the way that I had experienced it was a huge sweat fest and um, on top top of that was layered with all of these emotional releases Mm. and freedom of expression in class. It is, um, it is like beautiful tones and, and amplification of your voice. Like the Mm. certain breaths that you make, you're just like, "Ah." you're really opening up, which is unfamiliar to make noise in a, in a standard yoga practice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even when, when we were at a Shay led ecstatic
0: dance after the cacao so that we could all let it flow through our, our blood. And you were making noises and it allowed oh. like I was like, oh, I can make noise. Like I can mm-hmm. be heard in a way that's not just like the quote unquote normal conversation. And to like that in itself is a way to make a new neural network because at first
1: immediately you're like, should I be embarrassed that I'm making this noise? And then it's like, no, why would I be? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so natural and and one of my teachers when i did um my prenatal teacher training and we talk a lot about primal sounds and rewilding so so bringing in that natural wildness and remembering Mm -hmm. so it's not learning anything new it's just un unblocking all of these domesticated um programs and coming back to what's returning to what is wild and natural within you which is toning yeah Which is sound, which is this primal. Like, look at kids, they make all these different noises, right? And it's natural for them, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I know, very liberating. Like, you know, stop allowing all these things and fun and allowing ourselves to just be free. So, just being able to come back to that and talking about rewilding that actually leads into, you know, you talk a lot about femininity and you know it's it's funny like as a woman until i met you and megan and you know i, I of course have female friends and i'm dating a woman <laughs> but so there's a lot of femininity yeah. but i had never really understood or thought about the difference between you know yin and yang and female and masculine and i was just like a lot of people just go 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 masculine my mm. way through it and i never yeah. really tapped into my feminine side, and you do womb work as well. So, if you could tell us a little bit about, you know, just what it means to be in your feminine, and then we'll get into some of the the womb work because I would love to hear all about mm-hmm. that. But you know, just for someone listening who is a female or not, like we all have mm-hmm. that female side of us. So, tell us
1: a little I bit about that. the feminine. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you. Um, <clears throat> so the first thing to keep in mind is when we, when we're looking at the lens of femininity and masculinity, it is not gender based. It does Mm -hmm. not mean that you are a female or that you are a male. It is exactly what you said is they are energies within us. And we contain both sides of the spectrum, just as there's light and dark and the roles. If I can start there is the masculine inside of you is meant to be the container so, the masculine is meant to hold, mm-hmm. and the feminine is that creative wave or that force that is just allowed space. Mm-hmm. And so, I think what happens is we, the container becomes very tiny yeah. <laughs> in our modern day society and in this patriarchal, you know, the downfall of the patriarchy. Yeah. If you can pray for that right now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, what happens is as the container is, you know, the femininity is snuffed out or really not given a lot of space or freedom, um, we can see a huge suppression in what you would deem, let's say, feminine qualities, um, such as rest, such mm. as being in a state of stillness, being in a state of receptivity. Those are feminine traits. If we start to expand this um, container and we find a balance between our masculine and our feminine the feminine is multifaceted so there is not one way to be feminine there is a multitude of ways to be feminine and I like to use this um, description if I may and it's not my own I got it from this uh, beautiful woman Sabrina and she has um, this description of what this feminine energy is, this Shakti energy, if you want to take it into yoga terms. So Shakti, let's say, is that pure divine feminine consciousness, and she's the white light, and then you have this triangle prism, and what happens when white light comes into a prism? It it shows color, right? So we have all these streamlines of different colors now. So we have this pure consciousness of femininity coming through the prism, and then spreading out into these five faucets or these five faces of Shakti. And so we have the medicine woman, we have the lover, we have the mother, we have the dark goddess, and we have the warrior. And so through any avenue of these archetypes, a feminine expression is made. So, when I first came into the concept of femininity, I really, I really hated it. I really re- repulsed it. I pushed mm-hmm. it away. I was like, I am not a 50s housewife who is going to do whatever they want for their husband. And <laughs> right. I, I just, to me, that was what my box right. was and definition. Yep. And then I started to expand and work with goddesses and the archetypal energies of goddesses. And it helped me personify all of these energies and and different ways femininity can show up and play out so we can take the medicine woman for example this energy of femininity femininity is yes a caregiver she knows how to use the earth she knows how to plant she knows how to garden she knows how to cook she knows how to make remedies she knows how to work with plant medicines and this is commonly seen across the board whether again whether we associate with being feminine or 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 female or male, Um, that energy is a mothering figure, right? She's caring for the earth. She's understanding the rhythms and the cycles. You can take the lover. There's a sacred sexuality there. You're really embodying your own power as a sacred sexual being. You're pairing your sexuality with spirituality and you become this temple. And again, we see that across the board. And we can come into the warrior. Mm -hmm. And so think about when we have these fierce feminine energies. So let's say like that mama bear protective energy. It doesn't mean it's masculine because think of a a bear. A bear is a beautiful mother, but very fierce. Like do not mess with her baby cup, right? Right. She's going to protect. And that is a feminine trait. Protection is a feminine trait. Mm -hmm. And so if we take that standpoint of the warrior, Um, you can think of like samurais, they don't wear heavy armor. They're very fluid. They move and they flow, right? The feminine is about the give and take and the ability to flow versus let's take, um, like An English warrior that's, you know, the knight in shining armor that's super structured, that can't move and flow, and is like that Tin Man trying to protect, right? So the warrior, it can be um, an energy of the feminine that we can lean into as well when we need to stand up, when we need to um, create boundaries, when we need to have a bit more structure so that our container is strong enough for the feminine to thrive. Yeah. 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 So there's it's multifaceted but basically for me it was the un the undoing of the societal standard and influences of what femininity meant. Um and growing up with a grandma and a mother who are fierce warriors. <laughs> they they really really um they really gave me my my strong stance in being a woman. Mm. And I think that one of my biggest lessons is learning how to soften. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is mm-hmm. learning how to know when to take on that lover standpoint of yeah. compassion or even that like mother earth, that mothering standpoint um, of just being open to receive and listen. And it's always a balance point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. That was
0: all so good. So much. No, it's so, it's so good because even for me, you know, I've started to dive into all this, but you, you, you kind of think of like, it's almost like you think of it until I was black and white until you really get mm-hmm. to know it and you start to explore it. So in this time where mother earth indeed is saying, okay, I need some rest, everyone. We're yeah. taking a, we're taking a pause. I have been feeling called to learn to cook and there's not very much composting where I'm near, but I'm figuring out how to do it myself. And Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's like all of these, these other aspects of ourselves, Mm all yourselves. And it's just so nice to be able to lean into whatever that means. And especially the last point that you touched upon, it's funny. I, I used to, when I was in a conversation, consistently be thinking about what I was going to say next. Right. Mm -hmm. It was like, I wasn't even hearing what someone was saying because I was ready to jump in with what I had to say. And it takes practice and learning and opening the heart and being in that feminine receiving and allowing and hearing other people to just sit and be with someone and just be fully present and be there for them. And you have, I just have to say, because not everyone has been um, as lucky to meet you as i have but you have such a calming wonderful open open aura vibration energy about you so you. yeah it's just like something for everyone to think about like you said non gender roles mm-hmm. i actually had um a channel someone who can channel spirit guides recently come to me and she was like your spirit guide might be a man. And I was like, oh, okay, let's, all right. So I like meditated on it and then I used my pendulum. And long story short, it was like, well, we don't have genders. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. so I might seem like a more masculine energy, but I'm not like a male. So I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's so interesting. But yeah, all of that to be said, that it's nice to just start tapping into, this is the time, right, to start tapping into, are feminine. And it actually is a good segue into, I'm really excited for you to tell us a little bit about the work that you do with womb healings and working Mm -hmm. with wounds, wombs, because I know for me that I literally might wait until I can come to Canada again, (laughs) but do it with you because I have done energy healing. I have done diets. I work out only intuitively. I have done all of the above. I've been checked by doctors. I've got gone to the ER and I still have such bad period cramps and pains that if it's like, I almost, I had them last night and I almost blacked out. Like it's just so crazy. So will you tell us a little bit about what got you into working with the womb and then what exactly that is? What, what is womb healing and womb
1: work? For sure, yeah, and I just have to say, I saw your post on the Instagram, and oh. I, I was like, "Oh my love, I wish I, I was closer." I know. I felt for you. That was yeah. yeah that, that's that's yeah. and it it is unfortunately a normalized experience for a lot of women yeah. um, having intense like debilitating cramps. Mm-hmm. Um, experiencing cysts and endometriosis and experiencing all of these not we've normalized them but they are not normal Mm -hmm. um and it's the body in a state of distress and it can be a physical a physical thing but it's um you know paired with our emotions as well in a huge way so a little bit about womb work um for me what really dove me into it was Preparing for conception, I've always known that um, one of my dharma's in this life is to be a mother in, um, let's you know, in a heterosexual relationship, and to raise a family in that in that um, viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't know who it was going to be with. I didn't <laughs> know when it was going to happen. But I just I knew that uh, one of my dharma's here. Um, is to be a mother and really repattern the generational trauma um, that my lineage has experienced with their relationship to their mothers. And um, I, I, that is an intuitive knowing. I don't have a necessary definitive reasoning for you about why I know that. It's just, yeah. I have always known that. And so it started with me preparing my body for conception. And now I want to say that was at least, it's been like four or five year journey um, on my mind. Like, okay, what do I need to do to break patterns? What do I need to do to make sure that my womb is an environment that is healthy um, for a fetus to grow? And not only that, but in order for the baby to be earth side, what do I need to do to make sure that I parent differently? Yeah, And I really, really believe in conscious parenting and conscious conception. Um, and I think that it is a privilege that I have been given. And I really wanted to utilize that to the best of my abilities because that is so important to me. So it really started with a lot of mother wound work, yeah. um, not having a really... Not feeling safe in my emotional expression with my mom, um, and really working on how do I how do I create what it is that I want in relationship to my mother, and that has taken a long time. And I have done a lot of it through specifically womb work, and I have to say that um, the dedication and the practices, including Kundalini yoga and womb work, in conjunction with um, my, how I live my life has really shifted my relationship with my mother and now I can say I feel emotionally safe with her yeah. and it's, it's it's still not perfect in any way shape or form but it is so yeah. much better than it has mm-hmm. ever been and so it's beautiful to actually see that result from doing the work so when I started learning about um, let's say conscious parenting it was really why am I having these intense cramps? so my moon cycle your your menstruation cycle really invites you into the dark goddess, mm. and this is where all of your repressed emotions live and you can you can label it whatever you want it 's your second chakra um, it, is, it is your womb space it is this energy for creation, and so um I started to investigate the themes of my periods and the emotions I was having with each period, and where the pain would lie. And then I started to um, ask around uh, for different medicine women in the in the area in my area that dealt with womb and trauma and whatever was going on yeah. because I didn't know. And I was like, "This pain is not normal." Being a yeah kinesiologist and being in rehab for, um, 11 years, like dysfunction is, is the body saying something. So, um, I felt that there had to be something more useful in, in my moon time like why is this feeling like a punishment <laughs> yeah. and my mom had it too my mom had debilitating cramps and guess what yeah. so did my grandma and guess who had a hysterectomy at 30 my grandma because mm-hmm. it, she already had her children and the uterus did its job so let's get right. rid of it and so that was yeah. the mentality of like a lot of us carry It's like oh it's only good for baby making if you want babies and yeah. you know otherwise right. yeah <laughs> So the beautiful part of womb work is it gives you an invitation, whether you are bleeding or not, to this primordial energy. You were formed in your mother's womb and your mother was formed in your grandmother's womb. So the eggs that your mother carried in her uterus, Mm -hmm. which was you, was formed in your grandma. Mm -hmm. So, this carries back seven, seven generations. And so we know that the fetus is imprinted by mama's nervous system and by the environments that we are in. And so if we look back far enough, generationally, we have been through war, regardless of where we are, there has Mm been, um, you know, relocations there has been some sort of trauma in our generations and then that energy of scarcity that energy of um the luxury of being able to feel our Mm. emotions outside of our you know safety emotions has been very limited and it's just been passed on generationally so the womb work that i do helps to really reprogram how it is that you feel And it's not to get rid of anything, it is to alchemize it and actually have a conversation with it, which in turn, physically helps um, with your fibroids, with cysts, with endometriosis, with painful periods. Um, There is a physical component of womb work that um, actually moves the womb and changes how the womb is positioned because yes, physiologically, if the pelvis is shifted, your, your womb is, of course, shifted and it's a beautiful suspended organ with, you know, being held with this fascia mm. um, and muscular tissue. So, of course, there is the physical component of restructuring how the womb is so the blood flow can properly move into there. But then energetically, um, it helps so much with actually processing our emotions, being more in touch with our, our sexuality. Um, after I had spent some serious time doing womb work, I my cervical fluid was so juicy all mm. the time. <laughs> there was no discomfort for sex yeah. or penetration and I just I felt more in line with nature and with creation and yeah. that, natural flow of energy than I probably had ever felt in my life. Um, and so that is why I love womb work. And that is why I like to to offer that and work with my um, students and clients through integration of un, like unhealed parts of self or unrecognized yeah. parts of self or parts where we have really because guilt and shame live in the womb. So parts of ourselves that we have ostracized and we Mm. we call them back and we reclaim them and we integrate and we, yeah, we start to do all that, um, making the womb a home again, right? Instead of a burden. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's
0: crazy because, you know, it's, I love this because I've heard before that, you know, when, when these cramps are happening, have a conversation with them and, and ask what it's from. And, and, and <laughs> honestly, mine are too bad. Like, yeah, I was, yeah. why? <laughs> like, like I really do, you know, I, I try I, like last night I, I was breathing through it and I didn't connect to the thoughts that would make it worse, but it was still such an intense sensation that I I wasn't in a place to have a nice intuitive conversation with it. So having the option, but also just, you know, I'm grateful to be talking about this, to bring awareness to the fact that, like you said, it isn't normal. And I've Mm -hmm. talked about this on another episode because, you know, my girlfriend and I both get them. And last night she was like, I know I've been there. And I'm like, but why are we both, why are we both here? Like, why, why do we both get such bad cramps where if I was working a nine to five, I'd have to take a day off every month. Like, truly. Um, And you know, it's just like, you don't, think about until until you you hear about people like you and womb work you don't really think about the emotional side of what it could be you
1: know and there's a big huge play in the disconnection from our our um homelands mm-hmm. most of us are you know settlers of some kind yeah. and we are not in our motherlands mm. and there's a big disconnection from mother earth and our bodies right yeah. if we if we look at um, how we personally treat the earth. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's so many layers. It's, it's a really beautiful um, place to start, but usually it's, it's, you come to womb work because there is um, a disconnection from a part of you and you, and you want to feel more connected, or you notice that you're constantly in this, you know stage of um anger or like intense intense sadness um these emotions are 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 really big and really Mm. let's say debilitating um, on top of usually painful periods Mm. or infertility really the stress of of um like if you are looking to be pregnant and then the stress of of being in infertile, um, the womb really helps. The womb healings really, really, really help with um all of that as well.
0: Yeah, it's a good way to get to know yourself. Like when you were telling us about the fact that creation comes from the womb, and obviously in the most <laughs> natural way it does, and you know. I often feel it's like, I know that the resistance I can sometimes feel in the form of cramps is because it's almost like I'm not allowing myself to create. And Mm. that would make sense now that what you're telling us, you know, if I'm not allowing myself to create what I am meant here to create, of course, there's going to be blockages that maybe come up in Mm. a physical way. And so it's, you know, as hard as it is to say that, like, I know, I know that there is a reason for these cramps, you know, so it's like, where, what do I do? And it's just, it's nice to have an option such as womb work and womb healing. Now, do you do, do you do, asking for, for the audience and myself, um, can you do womb work over Skype or Zoom?
1: So I like, I prefer to be hands on mm-hmm. and there are, um, some beautiful practitioners on, uh, the wise woman way that are based in the States mm-hmm. and, um, that my teacher is Naomi love and just amazing human. And I know that she has, uh, practitioners, certified practitioners mm-hmm. in the States themselves. And so the womb, I would say no to, to doing womb work, let's say online in this context. Mm-hmm. But when I do mentorships, it includes, let's say, womb exercises and womb work. Um, physically, because I can't get my hands on you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but a lot of the visualization principles, the meditations, the lifestyle adjustments, um, the ceremonies and rituals that I get you to do with your blood and um, that sort of essence of energy is done virtually. And it is very potent. <laughs> I had a woman who hadn't had her her moon cycle. And she was like 24 Mm -hmm. and she hadn't had her menstruation in one whole year. And we worked together for six months. Um, because everything takes time. Like there's an adaptation period. There isn't a quick fix for it. Um, there's no green pill, red pill kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And so after, um, working together for six months, once a week, once every two weeks, she got her period and it was so profound. And she was like, I feel ah, like so amazing. And so it's it's really, really potent energy work, even virtually. Mm. Um, I have to say that this is not just limited to women who bleed. It is applicable to women who have had hysterectomies and Mm. then are menopausal or have gone through perimenopausal or postmenopausal. Um, It is not also just for females. Men have an energetic womb as well called a hara. And um, these practices are very, very effective in general um, for both genders.
0: Wow, that's actually cool because I've never, I never have thought about that.
1: Yeah. I primarily work with women. I haven't yeah. necessarily had a man come to me yet. That's like, Hey, I want to work on my womb. <laughs> um, I would love that. It would be beautiful. Um, but just to say, it's not limited. It's not just like a female only thing. Totally. Um, it, is, it is not only reserved for women who are bleeding as well. Yeah. It is reserved for, I mean, it's not reserved for anybody. It's, it's accessible to everybody.
0: Yeah. So amazing. So amazing. And definitely something for anyone to look look into or think about, just because you know now I'm I'm finally to a point where I used to you know say oh, like I'm getting my period I'm mm. I, I, I'm 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 and like I'm gonna have my period I don't want my period and I was just like mm. shunning her away and now when I get it even though I can like feel the cramps coming I'm like yes bring it like bring it come on we've got this it's gonna be good.
1: What a shift um, though, right? To welcome yeah. that part of you, that discomfort. And we're yeah. in a society that loves to have quick fixes. Like here's mm-hmm. a pill for your headache. Yeah. Oh, you feel a little like sniffly. Here's, here's a pill for that here. You know, and it's just yeah. like, okay, make it go away. Make it go away. Instead of really sitting with the information that your body is presenting you with. Cause it's very intelligent. Yeah, totally. Instead it's of tough. Eating. It's not easy as you all yeah. well know. Like it's, it's discomforting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, so you alluded to this a little bit when you spoke of your mentorship that includes some wound work. What have you got going on right now or to come so that if anyone listening or myself, is
1: wanting to work with you, can you tell us a little bit about what you've got for us? Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, so I do offer um, mentorships, which are virtual one-to-one, like 60-minute chit-chats, where where I'll guide you through a practice and and individual to whatever you're experiencing. And we can do the one-offs if we just need guidance once in a while, um, I also offer four month packages um, mm. because when we have these deep seated blocks, we need a little bit of time to be able to work through them and implement new neural patterns and habits. Um, so, those are two of my virtual offerings right now. And then I'm really excited um, to be back in the teaching community online. And I currently have three classes of Kundalini a week that I teach by donation. Um, and it is all leading to this brand new project called Ceremony and Sadhana or Sadhana and Ceremony. It's a virtual village. And I'm really excited about it because this is um, a platform um, where all of these amazing humans that are interested in ceremony, that are interested in Kundalini Yoga, can come and gather under one container, and have access to a catalog of my classes that have been pre-recorded already. So I currently have about 32 videos, which is really beautiful, and. Um, students would be able to go through Kundalini classes, Pranayama classes, um, meditations everything 's ranging from three minutes to sixty minutes, mm. and then we have master classes so once um, once every two months i 'll pop on to a live and I will educate about a subject and that will give an opportunity for. Anyone to ask me questions regarding that subject. And so this can be about Kundalini Yoga. Um, It can be about pranayama. It can be about womb. It can be about meditations. It can be about, you know, femininity, whatever's happening. Um, Because my lineage is in uh, the realm of earth medicine, we will be hosting live ceremonies as Mm -hmm. well, which is so beautiful. So we'll have quarterly ceremonies where I um, hold space for you to. Be in ceremony as a collective. And all of these are recorded and available for review and participation. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think everyone gets the mentorship call with me too, as well um, in this village, which is really beautiful that's what I'm excited to birth hopefully in, in this week. Um, but I'm trying to allow for that natural flow of feminine energy, mm-hmm. not to overpower, <laughs> <my>. <laughs> but I want to get it out to people. You know, I've had such a beautiful feedback with all my live classes and I want to continue that on a more affordable scale for my mm-hmm. students. So yeah, that's, yes. Sadhana ceremony is my newest baby. And um, 2021, I'll have my retreat, my fourth annual goddess retreat that I unfortunately yes. had to cancel this mm. June. It was supposed to come up, but mm-hmm. safety for everyone first. And um, that'll be on Bone Island in Vancouver here. And yeah, that's, that's what I'm, I'm doing this year. And the next year um, will be my Kundalini teacher training, virtual and in-person. Oh, love that. Yeah. So it'll be a 200 hour Kundalini teacher training. Ooh. And I, I made it both virtually and virtual access as well as in-person um, once a month. So mm-hmm. coming to Canada, if you were outside of Canada or meeting in let's say the Vancouver area once, once a month for an entire weekend of, um, in-person content and practice. Yeah. uh, yeah. Then I I do have a self-mastery program, the maiden program, which uh, will be strictly virtual and probably launched for, I'm going to say summertime. Um, it's all done and it's a six month program. It's just having to Transfer it to a new mm. platform now. So mm-hmm. those are my offerings. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's the jam. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it all sounds so amazing. Especially, you know, right now is is the time to explore and the time to, especially, have a village. Right now mm-hmm. is like the time for us to have that village. And no matter where you're at, you know, it's just nice having a community of people who understand either where you are or where you want to be, you know, in terms of your spirituality and your mindset and just owning where you're at. So that all sounds so phenomenal. And I will link Mm -hmm. everything in the show notes so that Um, You guys can get to Shay's Instagram and see her Kundalini classes that I will definitely
1: be taking. (laughs) Thank you, my love. I would love to have you. We have one tomorrow at 1230 or Tuesday at 1230 and 530. You're Yes. Oh, I
0: definitely want to do one. And I think Lindsay, my girlfriend would do one with me. She likes the breath work too. So we'll see if I can reel her in. That'd be amazing. So before we wrap everything up, I do like to ask everyone who comes on the show and I will ask you if you have a quote or two or 10 that you would like to share with us that resonates with you right now. Thank you.
1: Yes, yes,
0: I do, my love. Um,
1: yeah, I was just sharing that before before we started recording. Um, when you had asked me about a quote, I was like, I don't have any quotes. I don't have anything <laughs> profound to say. Um, and then it started to seed in that I say little taglines. So um these these quotes here are from yogi bhajan who like i said brought kundalini to the west from india um and i really like and align with a lot of these little tidbits so when you don't go within you go without Mm. when you don't go within you go without and if you want to master something teach it
0: Ooh, Mm -hmm.
1: i love that if you want to master something teach it and that was a big push for me to um, teach kundalini yoga i knew i wanted to but then there's always the oh well there's all these excuses <laughs> about <Yeah. laughs> why you want to wait and so if you want to be a master of something just just, just do it just teach it um, and then one of my other teachers um theresa campbell um we are all here learning you're all here learning so i say that a lot in my practices and to my mm. students i'm like we are here learning i am here learning you are here learning We are here learning. Yeah. Yeah, And it helps normalize our, you know, uh, perfectionist expectations.
0: Yes. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. It just takes all of the pressure off. So I love that. Oh, Shay, (laughs) thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I will put all of your information in the show notes. You guys should absolutely uh, follow her on Instagram at Shay, S-H-A-E, underscore Savage, underscore. Shay, you're such a light. I'm so grateful. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you, my love. Thank you. Yes.
0: We'll talk to you soon, everyone and there you have it everyone my episode was shay savage shay thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your light and your wisdom and your information and your knowledge i am so grateful for anyone listening as shay and i discussed in the episode her sadhana and ceremony virtual village offer is indeed still open and she actually has a promo going on through July 1st for $25 a month that code is self-isolation if you are interested and I just wanted to tell you a little bit about what this virtual village includes so that you can go check it out if you'd like so this village includes but is not limited to (laughs) pre-recorded libraries of kundalini classes pranayama exercises womb connection exercises and meditation updated bi-monthly or sooner Livestream masterclasses where you learn about a subject or topic in relation to kundalini yoga or ceremony, witchery, with an opportunity to ask Shay direct questions. Livestream ceremonies, minimum quarterly, so four times annually. One 60-minute mentorship call with Shay three months into the village sacred online community to share knowledge and experiences and so many bonuses. So if you'd like to check that out, I will have that link in the show notes. So you can just go right over and check it out. I will have Shay's Instagram handle in the show notes as well so that you can be sure to follow her and everything she's doing on Instagram. And yeah, as for me, you guys know where to find me. I have just been kind of taking this time to get back into things I love and just kind of release things that further needed releasing. So yeah, I'm just kind of going moment by moment and day by day as we must in this time, right? So on Instagram, I'm at Casey underscore Edward. I also have a show uh, Instagram, I Can't Wait to Tell You podcast. That will be in the show notes as well. And if you feel that this show helps you, it gets you into alignment, you feel good after you listen, I would so deeply appreciate if you could leave a comment and a review on iTunes. It helps me out so much. And I do this show for free and it takes up a lot of my time and I love doing it, but I would be so grateful if you could leave a little comment, you know, just leave a little review. So with all of that being said, I hope and know that you probably enjoyed this episode with Shay as much as I did. And I will talk to you all soon.